Welcome to the Beachy Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. So, have you guys been watching any movies lately? Of course. I watched Coco like three times already. Is that your? Is that like Alex's favorite movie? No, it's mine. So it it's is mine. It is theirs. Is it actually your favorite movie? It is. Or is it, it is. just because we're doing a podcast? No, no, no. About I really it. like that movie. I think I've watched it twice in the movie theater, and then I rented it and watched it twice. I mean, I watch it without the boys. They they went do their thing, and I'm watching Coco by myself. Coco. But yes, I watched Coco by myself, and then I was a Coco nerd, googling stuff on YouTube and the things behind the scenes. So yeah, I'm a Coco nerd. <laughs> Father Joe, are you a Coco nerd? A Coco nerd. I don't know. I don't want to commit myself to <laughs> things I'm not sure about yet. But it is good, and we are supposed to talk about that movie today, right? That's the topic. So, uh, yeah, welcome back to Vici Mundum, everybody. Um, my name is uh, Seminarian Anthony Ferguson, and uh, I am very pleased to have with me in the Vici Mundum uh, studio this afternoon um, Father Joe Goldsmith, our parochial vicar here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and Christy Barton, a familiar uh, voice that you heard on a recent episode on Raising Kids in the Faith. And she is... what. The coordinator of faith formation for children. All right. <laughs> there it do. is. Coordinator of faith formation for children. So I'm really excited to talk about this because I just recently saw Coco. I've been wanting to watch it for a while. So I don't know. Do you guys have any like initial thoughts on like like a, a re- review? or and, and just so that everybody knows, we're going to try really hard not to spoil it. I think one of the first things we need to say, it's not 100% Catholic. Okay. Not to be confused that whatever you see in the movie is all aligned with our faith. I think that's one of the things that we need to clarify because people get confused. Oh, that's not Catholic or that's not. So I think we need to let that out. Yeah. Father <laughs> Joe, you got any thoughts? Yes. What I, my thought was, remember me. <laughs> now I can't, we can't uh, sing the cover song, but that's the song in the movie and becomes the theme of the whole thing this idea yeah. of remembrance so at the same time we can say it's not entirely catholic let's let's try to memory memoriam do this in remembrance of me is very much at the center of our faith and so what a neat uh what an opportunity for us to to think about theologically about how that does apply to mm-hmm. us absolutely which is how it's a good way to comment on art in general that let art speak to us. If you heard Father John David's commentaries on art a few podcasts ago, we'll let it speak to us and we'll and and we'll take it from there. Yeah, yeah, memory. Oh my gosh, that song was in my head. Like I woke, I watched Coco like late at night, and then all of a sudden when I woke up, that song was still in my head. So definitely a, a memorable song. Ha. Ha. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, what was it about? Like, how does memory play a role in Coco? What is what is its function? How does it, like, for those of us who may have not seen the movie, um, for our listeners who have not seen it yet, kind of give them without spoiling stuff. Uh, what what is what role does memory play? The setting of the movie, of course, is Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. Ah, so uh, that we have we know here in America we have Halloween, which is a from a European descent, and then we have All Saints Day and All Souls Day. There's there's something going on over these three days, and in Mexico, I'm not sure exactly when when Day of the Dead begins. Uh, Christy, do you know when? November second. So All Souls. All Souls, Souls Day. Day is mm-hmm. so is Dia de los Muertos, and so the idea of memory uh, and the dead uh, these these come together. But in in Mexico, there's an entire huge tradition, a cultural 
richness and and depth that they tried to spell out in the movie. So, Christy, maybe you could comment a little bit. You're the you're the expert here, (laughs) at least from your experience. And did the movie did it capture what Day of the Dead looks like? And maybe you can describe that because our seer our our seers cannot. Our hearers cannot see. <laughs> well, I think they did a very good job with the research on the traditions of behind the Day of the Death and what the culture is all about. Um, we were talking about remembrance. So in essence, if you don't put the picture of your dead one, you're forgotten. So you don't pray for them. Mm. So that's how we, in memory, is if, if you don't put the picture of your loved one, eventually they get lost. They don't get prayed for. So if they're not on the offering, and that's part of Day of the Dead, is if they're not, their picture is not on the altar that they make, you don't pray for them. You don't remember them anymore. Once that memory is gone, it's, they're lost forever. Yeah. Now, I have kind of a practical question about Dia de los Muertos. Is that, was that something that was, like, indigenous to Mexico before Catholicism made its way? Or, like, was it something that kind of grew out of the Catholic? Like, I don't know. Do you guys even know that? Like, what? Well, I think Father Joe did really good research because I thought it was the Catholics embracing what the natives and the, were doing before the Spanish came to Mexico. Yeah. But the Day of the Dead traditions go back all the way from Europe, right, Father Joe? Mm-hmm. Way before Catholicism came into Mexico. Okay. We do know of Native American cultures, the, the idea of ancestor worship. As a technical term, ancestor worship, that relationship uh, between the the ones who go before us and die, that but somehow now they become they become greater and all knowing in a way and mm-hmm. godlike in a way, and that spans different cultures, but but especially Latin American culture. The piece I remember from my seminary studies was was a simple description I'm, I was reading from the 1400s medieval Europe, where a, de- a depiction of uh, the same time frame and parties that that folks would have in cemeteries because the christian idea was at death your body is separated from your soul the body gets buried and then the soul is waiting to be reunited with the body and so the common christian and catholic conception was that the souls were sort of near the bodies waiting for jesus to come back and they're going to be come right back together and these poor souls they're sad and they're they're bummed out. They can't be connected to everybody. So you brought food, you brought music, you brought candlelight, you came and you had a party in the cemetery. So this is a European description from a historian in the Middle Ages. And when I became aware of Day of the Dead, I thought, oh, this sounds this this sounds like Catholic customs around the idea of the resurrection of the dead mm-hmm. that came to uh, and Mexico in particular and, mer- and and merged with local customs. I don't know. Do you know? Is this celebrated anywhere else? In Latin America? Not that I know of. But there's this idea that there's the one day that the soul can cross over. That's yeah. why the petals have an important role, This that bridge from so, one world to the other. So the petals that the movie depicts is actually part of the Day of the Dead It's a very specific flower called Sempasuchil, which is the gold color. Uh-huh. And you see it all over the movie. It's the bridge from one world to the other. And they can't cross over if you don't have that ofrenda. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... There is a spider crawling across our table. It's kind of Father Joe's about to attack it. Attack? Would it stress you out if I put him on my shoulder? Oh, yes. well, I mean that's up to you. Oh. If you want to put the spider on your shoulder, I went to University of Richmond, so I am technically a, a Richmond spider. So 
I guess I can deal with it. Where did he go? He's right here. I, oh my god! I went to touch him and he's playing dead. So All right, he's, so he's working into our theme here. I know we're we're talking about De, Dia de los Muertos and we're about to be muertos if this guy bites us. So, anyways, back to what were we talking about? Pedals. Okay, so I, I mean, for one thing, let, let me just say, like Pixar did an incredible job visually. I mean, it's overwhelmingly beautiful. Like the the animation is gorgeous and it makes you like want to enter into the just the richness of this culture. Um, I remember like when I first heard that they were doing a day of the dead movie by Pixar, like I immediately thought like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, how are they going to pull this off? Like, like that, that's gotta be kind of a Catholic thing, like the, the whole movie. And so that was kind of what I was expecting going into it. Do you guys have any kind of thoughts after watching the movie being a Catholic? Um, I mean, Christy already kind of alluded to the fact that maybe it's not overtly Catholic, but what, how can we kind of watch this as Catholics and, and learn from it or, you know, maybe even, point out some stuff that it doesn't do as well but just yeah just talk to that a little bit well in my perspective i've always been catholic and lived in a catholic country everybody's catholic pretty much or protestant so my perspective going into the movie is not just the i was looking for the stereotypes i was looking how are they going to do the stereotyping yeah i was looking for that on top of that are they going to stereotype catholics or mexicans and Mm. i was pleasantly surprised to see they did their research it's not just what people think of day of the death or mexican culture is they did their research in history and traditions and the culture of family and how it surrounds the culture of prayer and then the things that they do it's just deeper than just putting a picture we're not worshiping that person on the altar we're just remembering them and we are praying for them and we hope to be reunited with them again. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that they did a research, mm-hmm. not just throwing out stereotypes on Catholics or Hispanics. I want to throw out the reminder, Catholic, cataholos, right? According to the whole, Catholic means universal. And yeah. So when we talk about customs, we should have a bit of, Reverence, I, this might be my personal opinion, but it's also we look through the history of the church and we're constantly wrestling with local culture and mm-hmm. local traditions. And do these represent the faith? Do they correspond to the faith in any way? Are they neutral or are they against the faith? There's, there's a scale. Mm-hmm. And so around the world, you might find any number, any number of customs even some of the customs in the weddings, there's there's an exchange of coins. The coins are called arras, and there's 13 coins, and you place them in the hand, and this comes from ancient Spain. And you might say, oh, is this opposed to Christianity? Well, well placing coins, and those coins, they rep- they represent a sharing of the goods that come from, from marriage. So, uh, But because specifically the question is about what about our Catholic faith, and is this a representation? The neat thing about the movie is that, of course, it, it tells a story, and we're introduced to a little... Miguelito, Miguel, and his family, the, the Rivera family, they are shoemakers. And what we find out is that four generations ago, uh, uh, Rivera, the, the great-great-great-grandfather, he loved music, but he left home and he never came back. And so the great-great-grandmother, she she, she uh, what do you, how do you say? She no raised the family by herself? No, no, I was going to say the, 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 <laughs> she put a moratorium on she music. She hates band. music she now. She hates music. She is, is like all against music. Absolutely forbidden. And that memory is, is passed down through the generations as much as anything else. You are not allowed to like music. You are not allowed to go near the mariachi. So, of course, with, with a good story, 
Miguel has this secret passion for music. And then the Day of the Dead comes along and he, he ends up crossing into the land of the dead and a narrative plays out about who he meets. And, uh, and then we start, we get to know, meet his family. It's a beautiful way of, of letting us cross on both sides of the living and the dead and start meeting people and, and seeing this sense of interaction. Personally, uh, as a priest and, and being with people, journeying with people, funerals and, and death, this is, this is a part of our identity and part of our our faith and that the, the one who is who is dead is now raised from the dead and, and we have a faith that enters into death but goes beyond it and but so these ideas and this sense of connection my my point i was going to say i hear any number of stories from people who feel in touch with in contact with their loved, loved ones, ones who are dead and our faith supports it well it says we don't know precisely where where they are and sometimes we even we get the sense that they're on a journeying to god or they're not healed yet and we're still praying for them they they had something that they were carrying that that may still need to be healed and that's that's as ancient as as our catholic faith that sense so for the movie to play that out i thought that was beautiful uh this interaction between the living and the dead and now and through the generations because as miguel he goes and he meets his family and this story of the music begins to play out and now uh, and we discover what christy was describing the the what has to happen in the day in the in the land of the living they have to put someone's picture onto the little altar this this sort of sacred spot in in the house and if that picture is there then the person who's in the land of the dead gets to go pass through it's like a train station and it's they take a snap a picture of the person and say oh your picture's on the ofrenda of your brother congratulations you may pass and they go they cross over that great big bridge composed of flower petals and they are they are able to go and just be near their loved ones so but the but the idea that the memory right of the loved ones is drawing them back so the memory makes them present in a memory sense. makes them present yeah. how can we not say these are these are there's yeah. fascinating ideas that correspond to our our faith yeah i mean that's what anamnesis is like all about right like the memory that makes present um I mean, it's so that's so crucial to our understanding of the Eucharist that when Jesus says, "Do that," like you said before, "Do this in remembrance of me." It's not just thinking back. Oh, wasn't it nice when Jesus did it back then? But it's like this is making this is a representation of the same thing. Like this is this is Christ. So, yeah. I mean, I, I never thought I didn't think about that while I was watching the movie. Um, yeah, that's good. Plus, it makes it you start to learn about Miguelito's story, not just the present you start to learn of who he actually is from his past. The musicians, the shoemakers, generations before him makes who he is right now. And it's the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Who you are right now is also a reflection of your past. So the, mo- the movie portrays the story of Miguelito through Coco, grandma. And yeah. it's, it's essentially who you are. It's not just who you are presently at this moment, who has passed away. It's part of who you are. And we believe that we can pray for somebody to intercede for us that are already gone that's beautiful that we have somebody in that hope that somebody's praying for you and waiting for you wherever they are yeah that is cool because i mean this movie is rather unexpected in that it presents tradition as both attention but also something that's good that should be held on to like so i mean miguel miguelito or miguel Mm -hmm. uh i mean he's obviously wrestling with the fact that his family hates music and he's like pushing against that. And he's like, I, but music is good and beautiful. And like, we, 
we sympathize with him in that. It's like music is beautiful. How could his family hate this? His family's bad. Tradition is bad. But through the course of the movie, you kind of get into understanding of like, well, actually, it's more complicated than that. The family doesn't straight up hate music. It's just they've been hurt by someone who loved music. And Mm -hmm. so in that regard, it's kind of cool because, I mean, we've all maybe we've been hurt by the church in some way. Maybe we've been hurt by the church's traditions in some way, you know, and and maybe we have to wrestle with that and figure out, well, what's isn't there something still beautiful about that, even if we have been personally hurt? And, um, I mean, by the end of the movie, you kind of learn that um, there's a way for you to both obey and listen and appreciate tradition while still being yourself. So I thought that was that was my favorite part about the movie. There's so many layers to this movie. There's a story of forgiveness that is also in the movie. Ultimately, it's all about forgiveness, family, tradition. There's so many layers to the movie that you can take it either way you want forgiveness is i think one of the key elements of the story that brings miguelito to a different i don't know way of thinking you know it brings you can apply that to your own life Forgi- he, he understands himself better by the end of it he he understands himself in a way that he didn't when he came when he first started um yeah it's well good. we really want to know Christy is about the animals. Okay. Alebrijes or, you the, can't, or the dogs? Yeah, the, the alebrijes. The alebrijes. You can't what watch was the, that all about? You can't watch it's, the movie without wondering what are these fantastic and quote unquote powerful animals doing here and who are they? Tell us a little bit more about them. But the alebrije is the spiritual guide. Remember, they don't they don't believe in that moment in angels, but they do believe they have a spiritual guide, animal guide that will guide them through the process that they need to go through to cross over. Now, wait, is this in movie land or in, like, Mexican culture? Pre-Hispanic culture. culture. The alebrijes, you will see them. You can buy them now, the little figures that they do. They're dragons, blue and purple and pink, and they have all different colors. In the movie, is um, the big, was it a cougar or a big, do you remember the it big cat? It was like cat? a giant flying the tiger The big ram. cat with the, with the wings. But they also, culturally, they believe that the dogs are the spiritual guys. So Dante, it plays a different cool role because this whole time you're thinking Dante is just a stray dog. But in pre-Hispanic culture, those types of dogs were believed to have spiritual powers to them to guide the souls. That's why Dante could cross over without changing. You saw that Dante was walking in the spiritual world because that's what they believed, that Cholos Quinkle, that type of dog, was the spiritual guide. And essentially, they guide you through what you need to do so that you can cross over to the other world. Oh. So when you saw the movie and you saw the alebrijes, these crazy, fantastic animals, was it was normal to see that or was it surprising? It was surprising Americans, that they did the Americans research. Americans watch it and say, what are, the, what are these animals? What, what are, are we actually animals? looking at I right was now? just surprised that they did that profound and deep research into what an alebrije mm. was and getting into the dog. And how they incorporated all that into the movie. It is part of Day of the Dead. And yeah. you, you've seen the alebrijes. You probably bought one. Have you seen the little turtles? that are different colors and they just move their heads up and down. You and know that, what I'm talking about? Is it like a bobblehead? It's like a little bobblehead that you buy anywhere <laughs> you go to Mexico. And you bring that as a souvenir. The little turtle <laughs> moves up yeah. and down. That's a small alebrije. It's very alebrije. colorful. <laughs> Alebrijes. So I I have to confess, when I saw Coco, I was a little bit annoyed by the alebrijes because 
here, like, so humans die and they become like these rattly old skeletons that are like, <laughs> that are barely able to walk around on the street. Okay, right, right. And, and then, then this giant, like, tiger ram flying thing gets to be awesome and like breathe out blue fire that reveals people's footprints. I mean, it, from my perspective, it was like, well, I mean. Why if, do they get to be cool? Yeah. yeah, why do animals get to be so awesome, whereas humans made in the image and likeness of, I mean, granted, it's a movie. But it's like, a movie. Right. It, it's a movie. right there, I think we're kind of hitting on maybe one of my critiques of the film was like, what in what ways can we use our Catholic lenses to look at the anthropology of Coco? <laughs> and like, what does it say about the human person? Like, And of course, maybe it's not trying to say anything, but. You know, I, I'm I like looking at movies and thinking, oh, well, how does this apply? So, how can we look at the anthropology of Coco, and how how can we ag- agree or disagree with it? Hmm. Like, what is a, a human question. person? Like, what does it have? What yeah, do we turn into skeletons mm-hmm. that like you know mm-hmm. are but less and, ourselves? And it's the question that we all have: what happens after we die? And yeah. what is the state of our being? Does the soul continue on? That was a, uh, I suppose, a cute thing that they did with the movie is, is that the to how to how do you represent the person, the soul? Well, with the skeleton, and so you have these skeletons very creatively sort of decorated and still looking like the still looking like the people you had. So they're represented as as skeletons, which is another feature of Day of the Dead, as I understand that the, the sort of the, the the picture of a skeleton, not sort of not necessarily gory. Like it is here in the United States, but oh, okay. just sort of what it, it's, it's it's what it is that 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 the the skeleton and 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 death it's a, it's a bit it's a bit more factual. So that was a that was a cute presentation of that. But we wrestle we wrestle with okay, what's our constitution as as humans? Our faith says we are body and soul, and the two belong together. And how do they how do they belong together? Of course, memory is seems to be the seems to be the thing holding everything together for. Mm the going on of, of humanity so two two thoughts there is one there is there was a comment in there we we meet sort of uh, two of the main characters there's a, a contrast in the the land of the dead of two characters Hector and uh, of course the the famous musician that we that we meet is Ernesto de la Cruz the one who sings <laughs> remember me <laughs> uh, so we have Hector is a poor almost forgotten he's a he's about to He's about to die eternally because nobody has been, uh, nobody remembers him anymore. Yeah. Um, and Ernesto, he is super popular. He's even more popular in the land of the dead. Okay. So at one point, at one point, Hector goes, it says something like, well, it doesn't matter because we'll all be forgotten one day. Mm-hmm. Right. There was this moment mm-hmm. of, oh, whoa, wait a minute. What's that, say- what's that saying about humanity? That we sort of survive for a few generations and then as soon as human memory is lost, then. Then we're dead. Well, yeah. that, that's, that seems strange. We're, we're basing a lot on human memory mm-hmm. at that point. The, the other piece that was a bit frightening was to think Ernesto is – so the, the great singer and with all of his popularity, he's the most rem- remembered person of all. And so popularity seems to yep. be the most uh, – right? He's, he, he really has become godlike in the, in the next life just because he he's is famous. so – because he's so famous. Now, fortunately, the movie pokes at that uh, and uh, and takes you deeper into into the narrative. Hint, meaning I'm not going to give you a spoiler about anything else that happens, <laughs> right? But Don't it does me. it does present uh, it does some, present some challenges there. And the, and the question of well, what are we? 
what are we as humans and what's our continuity and why why do we even believe this why do we even believe in life after death and resurrection of the dead why do we even believe that our that our souls have permanence which this is this spans culture this spans history uh, truly we have found in in most cultures and especially most ancient first cultures like latin american cultures why do we have this sense that the soul continues even on after death uh, and jesus came to us to to act to speak very specifically about that same idea so i don't, I don't know if you want to answer that yeah, question or well, to, to keep going so i guess where while it's inadequate to say that we we exist so long as humans remember us I think it's entirely reasonable to say that we exist because God remembers us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because, you know, throughout the Psalms, you know, you hear the psalmist saying, God, remember us, like, don't forget us, you know, Um, or, you know, just don't turn your face away or as if God could ever forget us. You know, there's that beautiful line in Isaiah where it says, if, if, if a mother forgets her child, I will never forget you. And so like, in that sense, I could see like, Humans, we can't keep things in existence, but God does, and God remembers us eternally, and and that's that's why we exist. That's He's keeping everything in being. Um, so, yeah, like I guess I could buy that. If I mean, God remembers us, and therefore we we we're able to be held in existence here on Earth and in eternity because we're made to exist with Him. But going back to your question, you ask, well, what the animals and things. Um, we don't know what the afterlife will look like, only what we have in Scripture. There's many dwelling places in my father's house. And if you see how they created, there's so many places there. Absolutely. The lion and the lamb being together. In our world, we can't conceive a lion and a lamb being together. But in the afterworld, yes, it is possible. There may be other things that we can even imagine it will be there. I, for one, Christy, hope that there's a giant flying tiger ram in heaven. Yes. I just, I was just saying, like, in, in the context of the movie, humans get the short end of the stick. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Right. So, but yeah, I, I agree. I think, I, I hope that there's all kinds of animals in heaven. It'll be great. Not that they have, like, immortal souls, but that God creates them because he loves them. You know, like I like the C.S. Lewis imagery of heaven where there's all kinds of critters. Mm. Sure. And then what is it that keeps us alive? Why do we exist at all? Well, because God sees us, because God saw us even before we existed. And at the moment of your conception, as he says to Jeremiah, I called you from the womb and continues to see us into into the future. Most historic, most ancient cultures had an idea of, of the dead, of the land of the dead, place where the dead went and they continued to be dead and cut off. And what what Christ has revealed to us is it's it really sounds like something happened outside of our world where heaven is now open. Mm-hmm. That what God needed to show us is that the bridge, the whole reason for our existence and our salvation is God himself. And the core of our of, of our faith that this isn't what we're doing as another um, as another writer theologian put it there's two types of religions in the world. One says that we're on a search for God and the other that says God is on a search for us and he has come and he has found us and he's created this bridge not only to live fully and deeply in this life and, and to remember well, right. Um, But to pass over into, into life beyond this. Why? Because, well, because God says so. And because Mm -hmm. the goodness that we experience, the goodness that we say we have spiritually and in our souls. Yes. God says that too. And God, God has given us a, a promise of yeah. of eternal life. And he like it's it's not even like he did so much more than just 
enable a bridge he became the bridge like mm-hmm. himself in his person he is the bridge mm-hmm. christ is is our way to the father he he is the the way the truth and the life so yeah that's that's exactly right the that god god loves us and wants us with him forever so and that we are called to pray for our loved ones and we are also called to pray for the ones that are forgotten mm-hmm. you know we have to pray for those that nobody prays for anymore Absolutely. and maybe in just having an altar it's just a remember me oh i'm praying for my dead ones but i'm also praying for the ones that are forgotten we're called to pray for everyone yeah remember me <laughs> it's gonna be in my head all day well it's i a, just it's a great it's very catchy and you can you can watch the, the the songs on youtube you can pull that up and see the uh remember me song yeah so yeah go ahead and watch coco and uh you know maybe you can be thinking about some of this stuff while you're while you're watching it uh with your families and uh if you want to send us your thoughts or reactions uh go ahead and send us an email uh vici mundum 1633 at gmail.com we're gonna see if we can get an easier email together so that it's uh but but that's from uh john 16 verse 33 which is that quote uh I have conquered the world, Vici Mundum, which is our name. So it makes sense, but it might be kind of hard. But we want to hear from you, and uh, and we hope and pray that this this podcast is helpful for you and, and that you enjoy listening. And uh, I just want to thank Father Joe and Christy for coming on the show today. This has been fun. It was so, fun. Right. Hopefully <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We'll see if Why we can not? get you on for further episodes and such. So great. Thank well, you. And until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Carmel. Pray for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.